welcome everybody to the podcast uh, today. Uh, this is, we call this From the Preacher's Study, mm-hmm. and uh, br- I have Brother Kevin Clark with me. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at Oak Mountain. Kevin is one of the members here, does a lot of preaching, and good Bible student, good effective teacher, and we've kind of taken this on, the two of us, and been doing it for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to kind of apologize, I think. There's been a, a couple of weeks right. where we had some conflicts and right, weren't able right. to uh, to to get this done, and so um, I hope we've been missed, yeah. <laughs> and I hope we haven't lost any listeners. Right, but right. we're back, and so we're going to continue our study tonight. We're studying from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter six. We're going to study the last few verses of that book tonight, and then uh, go back and try to tie the book together. It's a great mm-hmm. book, the book of Ephesians. You know, when you do when you do a book like Ephesians in fifteen minute, twenty minute segments, it takes right, a while right. to get through it, and we might lose track of mm-hmm. some of the material we've covered in connection with our study. So we want to go back and touch on some of the major ideas in the book in our in our time tonight. Um, and so uh, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at the last few verses there. Uh, and encourage you to follow along with us. Uh, if uh, you know people that are interested in Bible study and they don't know about our podcast, we invite you to invite them to, to watch and to listen as well. We hope to... Uh, to reach as many people as possible. Kevin, any introductory comments? Sure. I just have uh, been thinking recently about some preaching I've been doing about setting your mind on things above in Colossians 3. And the things that we're doing here, this podcast, is yet one of many ways that we can facilitate that mindset. Take advantage of the opportunities to think of spiritual things. It might be reading the Bible. It might be listening to a gospel sermon. It might be listening to some acapella singing. It might be going to a a gospel meeting. Or it could be listening to a podcast like this. These are many ways that you can orient your mind towards spiritual things and uh, just kind of fill your reservoir full of of things that you can rely upon uh, when the storms of life come, because they are coming. But the Word of God is implanted in our souls. It's able to save us. It gives us wisdom. It gives us serenity. So just very uh, thankful to be a part of this effort. And, of course, when we think about this effort, we can't help but think about Mark Townsend and Jason Reed, our deacons here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, who assist us with this podcast. It's not possible without their abilities and their talents. And appreciate their willingness to devote their time to this and the sacrifice they made, being away from their families during the period of time yeah. that they're here. Yeah, so. they're good. And they do a great job. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and we appreciate it very much. Amen. Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. We've worked our way through the armor of God. That took us a little while. It's mm-hmm. such a rich passage. Mm-hmm. It's worthy of uh, good consideration. We've tried to devote some consideration to it. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to just look at these last few verses. At right. the end of Paul's letters, he usually has some personal remarks mm-hmm. to make, and so it is here in the book of Ephesians, although not as many in Ephesians yes, as there are in some of right, the other right. books. Think about Romans 16 mm-hmm, addresses mm-hmm. quite a few people there. That's right. But here in Ephesians chapter 6, there's, there's really only a few mm-hmm. uh, personal remarks here at the end. And so let's just read that, and then we'll make some comments. Verse 21, But that you also may know about my circumstances, how I'm doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us, and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you all, or grace be with you with all, with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. So we'll talk about that love here in just a few minutes. But he, he sends this man Tychicus to, to 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 them, 
And there, he's going to tell them mm -hmm. about Paul's circumstances. Paul's mm -hmm. a prisoner. Right. Uh, I think this book is written during that Roman imprisonment at the end of the book of mm -hmm. Acts. And he's a prisoner, but he's not in a dungeon. Right. He's in his own rented quarters, and he's able to have visitors in and out. And so here's Tychicus, and he's a, a, a co-worker with Paul. He's described as a minister in the Lord. He's mm -hmm. a brother. He's faithful. And so Paul is using him to you know carry out this work. And, and so uh, no doubt uh, Tychicus and I'm sure others would go out and, and represent Paul and, mm -hmm. and carry out a mission for him and bring word back to Paul of the Christians in, in various places. So he's going to go and he's going to make everything known to them about Paul. They must have been concerned about right, him, right, right. a little bit worried about him. And mm -hmm. so Paul's going to hopefully set, set their mind at ease a little bit about his circumstances. And so verse, verse 22, so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. Mm -hmm. Tychicus is mentioned in some other passages in mm -hmm. the New Testament, Acts chapter 20 and verse 4, mm -hmm. where several of Paul's traveling companions and co-workers are mentioned by name. He's in Colossians 4 and verse 7, uh, Titus chapter 3 and verse 12, and 2 Timothy 4 and verse 12. And so he was a co-worker with Paul over a number of years. We don't know a whole lot about him, but a faithful and dependable co-worker uh, in the gospel. Uh, people like that, no doubt, were indispensable to Paul. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be at all places at all times, but he could send people out that he had confidence in and uh, and and carry out the work effectively. Amen. Anything you, you want to add about Tychicus? Well, I, just, I think it's interesting. Uh, it underscores Paul's concern about relationships in Christ. He's thinking about the relationship he has with his brother in Ephesus. He's concerned about their frame of mind. And he also knows that they're concerned about his frame of mind. So he says, look, I'm going to make arrangements so that you'll know how I'm doing. And it kind of reminds me, uh, the home congregation that uh, I grew up in, the Oak Ridge Church of Christ, uh, whenever I talk to my dad, inevitably I'll just kind of go through a list of people. How's brother so-and-so doing? How's sister so-and-so? It's just a natural thing to be concerned about the welfare of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is an example of that. And we've said, you know, Contrary to maybe a caricature of Paul as this kind of old, codgerly, mean-spirited uh, hermit, he's very relational. He does care about people, and he has strong relationships, and people respond strongly to him. You know, we, we think about the things we have to upbraid other people like Peter and others, but it is clear that he does value the relationships you have in Christ, and this is just a demonstration of that, that value. And his, when he does have to upbraid people or correct them or right. rebuke people he, he's more effective in that because of the relationship <clears throat> right. that he has with people because they know he cares that's about right. them that's right well that that's uh you know his his rebuke might be received even even right. better right and so that's a good lesson for us it i is. think as well if all people hear from us is just rebuke any yes. time we if the only time we talk to someone is right. to rebuke them, right. well, that's going to get old and yep. they're, they're not going to listen. <laughs> but if they know we care about them, right. if we know we have this genuine love for them, mm -hmm. and if we build a relationship with people, then if that if that time comes where we have to correct people, uh, then it's much better received. Absolutely. And so the relationship is, is really important. And 
um, in our spiritual development. Well, and think about this. I mean, all of our service really can be characterized by the term relationship. It's really Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is that? Your relationship to God and your relationship to your fellow human beings. That's it. Everything else falls under those two umbrellas. So we're talking about we're in the relationship business, but God gives us some guardrails as to how those relationships are to be conducted and how we're to act within those relationships. I think about all the, you know, the the passages that stress love. You know, what's what's the preeminent characteristic or quality uh, between God and his people and between God's people one to another? Uh It's got to be love. That's right. So I think about uh, passages like, Romans chapter 12 and verse 9, mm-hmm. let love be without hypocrisy, mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. devoted to one another in brotherly love. Right. And so that love is stressed throughout. And so if people know that we love them and we're only interested in their best and their well-being, right. well, I think people will be more likely to listen That's right. to us, whether we're encouraging or we're correcting. Absolutely. And that love, we can say this, that love looks out for their spiritual well-being. I mean, obviously, there's a concern about their physical well-being as well, but the preeminent concern is their spiritual welfare. And the reason why I say that is there's some things that if we just focus on the physical, there's some things we won't say, we won't do, we won't bring out, we won't correct because they're uncomfortable, they could jeopardize the relationship. But when you're looking out for the souls of your fellow men, that emboldens you sometimes to say some things that are very awkward and very difficult to say, but they have to be said because you're looking out for the spiritual welfare of that person. Right. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Yep. Paul says, Out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, yep. not so that you would be made sorrowful, right. but that you might know the love which I have especially for Absolutely. you. And so Paul can be direct and he can rebuke and yep. he can correct. And here, that seems to be the case. I wrote to you in affliction and anguish of heart Mm -hmm. with many tears. It wasn't easy for him to write to them in this way. But I want you to know the love that I I have for you. Amen. And so you can see some of that relationship here at the end of the book of Mm -hmm. Ephesians as Paul sends Tychicus to them to tell them about Paul's circumstances. And then he will bring back a report about the Ephesians and to, to Paul and hopefully will encourage him as well. Amen. In the final two verses, just look at the qualities that are highlighted here. Peace be to the brethren. Love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with mm-hmm. all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And so peace. Paul uh, expresses his desire for them to be at peace, all which right. is one of the you know, one of the major points in the book, in That's Ephesians right. chapter 2, he talks about the peace mm-hmm. that ought to exist between man and God and between right. man and man in the gospel. And so he's picking up on that again. Ephesians 4 mm-hmm. uh, talks about the unity and harmony right. and peace that ought to exist among brethren. And so here he returns to it. I, I hope that peace is upon you. And then love we've been talking about mm-hmm. with faith. And here we... We tend to maybe distinguish between faith and faithfulness when we shouldn't. Right. Because faith produces faithfulness. They're closely related mm-hmm. ideas. And so peace be with you with love and faith and faithfulness. And then he emphasizes grace and love as well. The you know, American Standard Bible says with incorruptible love, those who mm-hmm. love our Lord Jesus Christ 
with incorruptible love. I think you read from New King James, yeah. which might say sincere. In sincerity. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. sincerity. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think he means by incorruptible love? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's true love. It's, it's pure love. It's not right. selfish. It's not uh, using people in a manipulative way. It's not just because this person makes you happy in their presence. But, but it's a genuine looking out for their welfare, a concern for their well-being. And as we said before, that's a fuller love than the kind of love that gets thrown around and bandied around in the world. A lot of times what that is is just lust or just happy to be around somebody. This is a true commitment, and, and it's active. You know, First uh, Corinthians 13 talks about all the things that love does. It's active. It's kind. It does not get, keep fault. It's, uh, it's patient. It's long-suffering. So that's the biblical love that we're told to have. It's a sincere love. It's not corrupted. It's not polluted by the world. It's not self-serving. It really is looking for the best interest of the object of the love. Right. So sometimes our love, and you, you can think about a, a, a relationship between a man and a woman. Right, right. A, a man might love the woman because right. what she does for him. Right, right, right. Uh, and so it's really a self-centered right. sort of that's love. Right. Uh, and so I love you because I can get out of you what I want. Right. <laughs> or uh, there, sometimes it's a conditional kind of love. Now, I'll love you uh-huh. if, if right. on these conditions, if you do this and if you behave in this way and right. so forth. Well, then then I'll love you. Right. Those are not, and you use the word pure, those are not, those kinds of love, if they're love at all, are really not pure, mm-hmm. are they? They're not impure. At not at all. Well, our love for Christ right. is is not conditional. Right. We we love him because of because he is he is our Lord. He's our That's Savior. Right. right. He's worthy of our love, our uh-huh. commitment. And so there are not any strings attached. It's not conditional. Right. It's not I love you if you do this for me and if right. you stop doing it, I'm not gonna love you anymore. Right, right. We love him even if he didn't do anything for us. That's right. That's right. But just simply because of who he is and he's deserving of our devotion. Right. And so it's an incorruptible, it's not selfish, not mm-hmm. self centered. There's no ulterior motives. Uh, it's not seeking self-gratification. That's right. It's simply a pure, unconditional love. And, and one thing I, I think about that is Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so the, the, the litmus test for whether you truly love the Lord is what are you doing in response to his commands? And if you're doing what he wants you to do, then you love him. And I think by extension, we could say the same thing, a husband and wife, uh, children and parents. If you love somebody, you want to do things to please them. And so you do what they say. And if you don't do the things that please them, by the corollary is you don't really love them. That's right. And so we could say we love the Lord. How are we living? How are we responding right. to his commands? If we're not doing what the Lord says, that's not me saying it. It's not you saying it. The Lord himself in John 14, 15 said, you don't love me unless you're obeying me. Right. That's right. Well, we got a, a minute or two left. Let's just kind of review the book a little bit yeah, yeah, and yeah. just kind of go back and <clears throat> and think about it and think about the highlights in the book. It's a great book. Ephesians is, is an outstanding Amen. book. Amen. Well, let's, I'm just going to try to summarize it here. When I say in Ephesians, Paul explains the eternal purpose or the eternal counsel of God. Right. It's been a mystery in ages past. That mm-hmm. is, it's been in the mind of God and not completely revealed uh, to human beings, so it's been a mystery in the past, but it's been revealed in the present age, and the uh, the counsel of God or the purpose of God is to bring all people into fellowship with Himself in Christ, That's right. in one body, so that they may lay hold of the glorious inheritance that God has laid up for them in heavenly places, and all of this is to the praise of God's glory. Amen. And so the book of Ephesians is about the unfolding of God's purpose 
to save all men in Christ in one body to the praise of his glory. Amen. And he he fleshes out or elaborates on the practical implications of that. Right. Beginning in in, in earnest in chapter four. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a lot of time on that. Right. And so just highlights of the book uh, include that idea of uh, summing up all things mm-hmm. in Christ, unity mm-hmm. in Christ, the one body in Christ, and so forth. Amen. Uh, what do you pick up on, especially in that first half of the book? Well, uh, the preeminence of Christ, uh, how important Christ is. Everything that we have is through Christ. We have all spiritual blessings through Christ. He's the one that brings the Gentiles and Jews together. He's the one through whom the wisdom of the Lord is demonstrated to the world and to the powers that be, spiritual powers as well as physical powers. So Jesus is the central figure in our relationship with God. So what stands out to me is, you know, sometimes we talk about religion. People say, well, you know, the doctrine doesn't really matter as long as we all kind of agree with certain moral standards. And that's what religion is all about, just practically. Uh, No, religion as understood properly as the Bible reveals is all about Christ. The doctrine is everything. From that flows everything. As you just said, the practical component, Paul doesn't get to that until he establishes the preeminence of Christ. And it's from that preeminence that the practical living, therefore, flows, not the other way around. So I think it's very clear that Christ is the center of everything when it comes to Christianity. And so if Christ is the center for you Mm -hmm. and Christ is the center for me, well, then we ought to be together. That's right. Whatever superficial differences there are between us, they're they're dissolved because we have one preeminent, primary, overriding interest, and that is our relationship with Christ. And that binds us together. Yep. And so, you know, that's that's one of the practical things he elaborates on, chapter 4, that we ought yep. to give, unit, yep, absolutely. give diligence, keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Right. Why? Because we're all one in Christ. That's right. That's right. In the second half of the book, he uh, talks about, just like we said, some practical aspects of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Uh, uh, we've, we've touched on the, the harmony that ought to exist among mm-hmm. brethren. Right. Uh, the, the, he contrasts righteous conduct with unrighteous conduct right. uh, he touches on the family here in ephesians chapter 5 uh, just w- one of the expressions he uses is our walk you know we That's walk right. worthily of the calling with with, with we've with which we've been called and mm-hmm. so he just elaborates on that in the second half of the book absolutely our time's just about out kevin yep. Would you like to add anything else as we close this study well in the second half i do like the fact that that god says wherever you're at there is a way for you to serve me. If you're a wife, there's a way for you to serve me. If you're a husband, there's a way for you to serve me. If you're a Christian, if you're a bond servant, if you're a master, there's no station in life, no position you occupy that doesn't have obligations to God because, again, they're preeminence of Christ. So all of us can be emboldened by the fact that God expects things for us in the position we find ourselves. If you're a slave, God has responsibilities for you. If you're a slave owner, God has responsibilities. If you're a husband, if you're you're a wife, if you're a parent, if you're a child, child, grandparent, whatever, God has responsibilities. Why? Because Christ is preeminent, and we want to reflect the glory of Christ in how we conduct our lives. All right. Very good. Uh, Good book. Good study. It's worth going through again. Yes. Amen. Next time uh, we go through it or just individually go through it or study it in a in a Bible study, we'll see something that we hadn't seen before. Amen. And that's the way Bible study is. It's it always is. that way. And so next time we go through Ephesians, uh, our eyes will be open to new and exciting things. I hope we've been able to bring some of those to light Amen. in our study. We'll close with a word of prayer. Kevin, would you sure. like to, to lead us? 
Let's bow our heads. Your gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this opportunity we had to study your will. Uh, we're so very glad that you have opened to us and revealed to us your will and your mind so that we can know how, how we ought to think, how we ought to walk, how we ought to talk, how we ought to dress, how we ought to interact with one another. We just talked about all the different capacities we can have, and all of those we have obligations to you. And so very thankful you had laid out for us in the Bible the path that we should tread. And please give us more strength and more courage and more determination to be pleasing in thy sight. We've talked about love tonight, how important it is for us to have love for you first and foremost, that we love you in our heart, mind, and soul, and that you're the preeminent uh, being in our lives, that we orient our whole lives around trying to please you in all capacities, all aspects. But also that we have love for our fellow man, that we love our, our children, we love our wives, uh, we love uh, our fellow men, the people we interact with, everybody. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so, and that love that we have is not a selfish love, not a self-serving love, but a love that looks for and seeks uh, the best interests of the other, including both the spiritual and the physical welfare of that person. We're so very thankful uh, that we've had this opportunity to go through the book of Ephesians. As uh, Brother Bob and I have remarked, it's taken quite some time. Uh, we do it in 15, 20-minute increments, but we're so blessed that you gave us that opportunity to do this, and we feel confident that those who have listened, those who have been attentive, those who have tuned in, uh, have been blessed by your word. We know it will not return to you void, and that much good has been done to strengthen and edify their souls. We ask you to continue to be with us and give us these opportunities and, and help us to be better stewards of the word, that we uh, present not our own opinions and thoughts, uh, but exactly what is in your word. Uh, as said in First Peter 4, let us speak as the oracles of God, your, your bare oracles, your words. And we thank you for those words that build us up. We thank you for the preeminence of Christ in our relationship. We thank you for your son whose death on the cross made it possible for us to have fellowship with you. We thank you for the church that those of us have been <clears throat> baptized in your body enjoy uh, being a member of, the unity that we have in that church and one another as we work together to save the souls of men and to bring light into a world of darkness. We're so very thankful uh, for all the spiritual blessings that reside in Christ, the ability to be called your children, the inheritance that we have waiting for us in heaven, uh, the hope of heaven, uh, just the forgiveness of sins, uh, knowing that we are children of yours, knowing that we have purpose in life and what that purpose is. And again, that is the very mission that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. It makes life so simple in so many ways that we uh, put aside these other callings, these other tugs in our time and really focus on saving as many souls as we can because we know that's your will and that's what you want. We're so very thankful for the technology that allows this message to be broadcast so very widely. We're just constantly amazed by the reach of your word, and we ask that it uh, continue to, to expand its reach, that more and more listeners may tune in and have an opportunity to be exposed, not so much to Bob and to myself, but more importantly to your word, and hopefully we've been willing and appropriate vessels of that word to, to try to encourage others uh, through the teachings of the Bible. We ask you to continue to be with us and bless us in all these different ways. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.